On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock, we talked about lots of new analytics options. Facebook firing search ads back up. We discovered that people still read newspapers. And Jess gave us all a fantastic Miss Piggy Christmas moment. And poor Greg got put into an older folks age group. All on this week's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. We record live every Friday from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Join us each week for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. And I'm Jess Budd. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock here on December 14th, 2018. Remember, you can catch us live without a net on Fridays on YouTube in the morning or you can consume us via your favorite podcasting player. And as always, follow along with us in our show notes. Just head over to marketingoclock.com for all the links from today's articles. First up this week, Microsoft and Bing has announced Clarity, a web analytics product for webmasters. Now, this isn't necessarily a competitor to Google Analytics, mm-hmm. but what this is, is a way that you can look and see session replays of how people are using your site. So think of it more as a hot jar type of an aspect where you are looking and using this new clarity tool more for the user experience and how people are active are interacting with your site. There are also some cool features that can happen where there's going to be the a, Ability to group similar sessions using using machine learning and artificial intelligence, and also some heat map ability too, so that you can see where and how people are actually clicking and looking at the site. You can go check out Clarity for yourself by going to clarity.ms. Are you and sure that that's the correct URL? I think that's that's sure. This is going to be the first <laughs> week where I don't have to, to go back and correct myself. Um, and it just like Google Analytics, you toss a little code of JavaScript onto your site and you're off to the races with Clarity. Um, so again, I talked about what's coming next with Clarity, uh, some of those related sessions and heat maps. And also there's something new coming called interesting sessions <laughs> where they'll bubble up if something strange happens. I always love doing it when I know we've got some kind of tracking tool on there. I was like trying to spell things out when somebody like Cole is looking at, looking at that here at the team and I try to send little messages. Nobody ever catches them. Oh. But I like this. Interesting yeah. sessions. You can see if somebody's trying to give you like a, an SOS or something with their cursor. Yeah, it's That's a cool. good name for it too, I feel, because it's not necessarily good or bad. It's not like alert, crazy site behavior. It's just that something interesting happened. I like that. Yes. And you can submit a site. You can go sign up now. It is pending. It's still in beta. And so it'll show as pending until you're approved. And go check it out. I mean, why wouldn't it? it's free, right? This free, tool? totally free. That's incredible that something like this is, is free. And I, I, I mean, it's Microsoft, so it's probably going to be pretty decent. Yeah, and I like the fact that they're not going to try to compete exactly with Google Analytics, but yeah. offer something that Google doesn't. So I think it's a really smart move, yeah. and hopefully it works, and we get to see some of those interesting sessions <laughs> pop up. Very interesting. Super excited. Here's uh, something else that is pretty cool, and also currently in beta. This is something again. Uh, you can sign up for, and uh, they'll let you know if and when it is available to you. This is called SiteKit by Google. It brings, quote, the best of Google tools to WordPress, which I thought was a nice warm and fuzzy way of them just saying that it's a WordPress plugin that essentially pulls in um, some high-level data kind of as a hub when you're logged into WordPress. You'll see stuff from Search Console, Google Analytics, AdSense if you're using that, and, and PageSpeed Insights. 
So that is pretty sweet. Uh, the announcement also alludes to having more modules coming later. So, you know, there's a couple other things like maybe Google Tag Manager that we could see in there, which I feel like would be super helpful. It's obviously not a replacement, though, for the real things. You're still going to want to use, you know, all of those platforms on their own and, and take full advantage of them. But it's just nice sometimes if you have, you know, either a client that you're working with or somebody that's really, really savvy with their own site that may just want, again, those high-level insights in one quick place when they're logging into their site. The uh, the other thing, Greg, I don't know if you saw this, but one of the, <laughs> the features that they put in there was you can get good news quickly, which I thought was really sweet that Google assumes that we're all doing a great job and yeah. there's only going to be good news to And get. also, I want the bad news quickly. Right? That's what I want. That's <laughs> a good point. When there's a problem, <laughs> give me an update when there's some bad news. Yeah, fair enough. And I signed up for this and I signed up to be a beta tester and you have and there's a button if you if you do that to... to and it'll ask if you're willing to sign an NDA. Yeah. I just always like doing them. Google's like, will you sign the NDA? I'm like, yeah. Did, oh, you Let's said yeah? Oh, okay. Yeah. I, just, I, I thought you were going to mess with them and, and hit no. Oh, no I signed no. up too and I was like, of course <laughs> I want this. Yeah. But. I just, it feels like it's cool. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I'll do, I'll do this. I'll do you a favor, Google. I'll sign your NDA. And then the other, the other only thought that I had with this is that it's sort of a misleading name. Site kit <laughs> by Google. It's like a WordPress kit by Google. It should be WP kit mm, by Google. And I think point. it's a testament to how big and popular and universally accepted WordPress is. So yeah. kudos, WordPress. You're just now the site kit. You're just all sites. So while it says site kit, it's really, again, only for WordPress. A wor or WordPress site kit. Maybe they'll change the name when they come out of beta. We'll Maybe. See. We'll see. Next up, Facebook relaunches search ads to offset slowing revenue. And this is from mm -hmm. TechCrunch. And back in the day, back, let's say 2012 is, is when it launched, I think mid-2012, um, sponsored ads were shown for searches within Facebook. And then in 2013, early 2013, the Open Graph had announced, and I think it was like by March or something in 2013, those sponsored ads for search were discontinued and they're bringing them back. And the one thing that was a little bit different is in the past, <laughs> you could buy up the names of, of specific apps and you might not be that app, but you could show up for it. So you could get really, you could do some conniving things if you wanted to. They had an example of that, right? In the in the article itself where it was OkCupid and was it Match.com? It was Match.com. Totally bought the name and just showed up. Yeah. And or vice it, versa. I don't remember. Obviously, that's bad user experience when somebody is not meaning to use this as a, as like a search. There's actually trying to find OkCupid or something mm -hmm. like that. But now this is going to be a very small uh, set of people that are going to be able to use these, these new search ads. Automotive, retail, e-commerce, um, industry advertisers are going to be uh, possibly able to. The ads will only show on the search results page on mobile and only in U.S. and Canada. No video ads will be allowed. This Again, not on desktop. And you will not be able to pick that specific set of keywords, which is kind of like <laughs> the whole point of search ads. Right. Um, so again, it's more along related search terms in those auto or retail topics. So if you're on, you're not going to be able to buy granular terms but people aren't looking for super granular stuff on facebook anyway right but are they looking for anything because that's that was my when i was reading this i was like yeah that, that would be great but no one's going to facebook and typing in retailers i think they're looking for you long know? lost love well 
okay, Cupid can buy an ad then, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I just, maybe Facebook has some data that people are using it more than, than we thought or differently than we thought. But that just struck me as something, if you can't specifically bid on competitors' names and, and other people's brands, then then what is the point? But I guess we will see. All right. I, I hate to sound like I don't care. I care. Okay, next up. Google Search Console has a new sweet help article about all the various types of search results that you can serve up. Um, it talks a little bit about how you can mark up your site to have some of these display and how some of them Google's just going to figure out for you and there's really nothing you can do. I guess the point is here, it's a nice new help article. It's not really new news, but there's a lot of better documentation for people that are really, maybe you see something in the search results, like a certain type of rich result that you want to be able to add to your site. And there's one hub of a place now in Search Console's help to help you set that up. Yeah. And it's a great source to send to clients. Like, mm -hmm. here's why this stuff is happening. And guess what? It's not always going to happen. Look at this documentation. <laughs> it's it's a case-by-case -case basis. Yeah. My favorite part of the article was when they were talking about all the different ways that uh, that the searches can show is, and, and again, this is um, search result features, but I liked the plain blue link. <laughs> so <laughs> underneath, that, underneath the plain blue link was the beloved, the original, the term. Plain blue link is not an official term, but it's commonly <laughs> used outside of our official documentation. So I just like the fact that they didn't leave out the little plain blue link. That's important. And I guess that's probably one of those things that you don't have to do anything with. It's That's how your results going to display. Exactly. <laughs> and that brings us to this week's lightning round. And first up this week, <laughs> Google will shut down Google Plus four months early after a second data leak. And this is from The Verge. And a new leak has impacted 52.5 million users they might have had their name email address occupation and age exposed to developers even if their account was set to private so instead of shutting it down <laughs> in april or sorry instead of shutting it down in august it is now going to be shut down in april i don't have much to say other than the title of the article or maybe not the title but somewhere in the article they called google plus an underloved platform which i thought was really sad and kind of pathetic and and there it goes, saying goodbye. Yes. Early. Underloved. Very underloved. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Oh. I'm going to say properly loved. I think it's properly loved. Meaning it doesn't deserve much, and that's it, so it's it's about appropriate. Yeah. I, I, I like the use of the word. I'm with you, but I'm I'm with it. It's un, it, it's properly it's properly loved. It's, yeah. Yeah. You're right. But mm. people wouldn't read that and be like, oh, people love, <laughs> they think people love it still, I guess. I don't know. Very sad. Anyway, did you know that 85% of consumers disregard local reviews more than three months old? I didn't, but now I do. Now you do. Uh, that's according to a survey from Bright Local. There's a more interesting stat than the one in the headline, at least to me. 54% of people age 18 to 34, quote, use the internet to find a local business. Ready for this? Every day. Wow. I don't know. You don't seem shocked. I thought that like, I, I don't know. I mean, I do a lot of stuff online and I search for a lot of places. I don't know that I do it every day. So what are people doing? Also, that's a huge age range to me. I just don't trust service anymore, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, yeah, maybe maybe there's something to that. I just feel like that's a huge, like people and, and we're, you and I are on the upper end of that range. And I just feel like we behave a lot differently than the 18 year olds out there. So don't lump us together, first wait, wait. of all. Upper end of the range? Yeah. What, of what range? Of the 18 to 34 range. 
I am not in the 18 to 34 range. You're not? No. Well, you had me fooled. Actually, I think I knew that now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> You're like, what, and 34 and a half? I appreciated that in the article, <laughs> it was called Younger People. <laughs> So 18 to 34, you're a younger person. So Jess, congrats on being a younger person. Thank you. You know what? This article makes me happy. I really needed that today. I'm sorry that you're not a younger person. I didn't mean to do that. Yes. And now that I'm officially not a younger user, I'm going to state that y'all should knock off that clutter and go read a newspaper or something. Mm, More on that later. All right. And next up, YouTube is sunsetting call to action overlays in favor of a new ad extension. This seems like a big headline from Ginny Marvin over at Search Engine Land. It's really pretty simple. There used to be a overlay call to action, and now it's an ad extension. So it's kind of just a minor terminology there. But if you are using some older call to action overlays, they're now ad extensions. Awesome. Good to know. Next up, we talked about this a few months back, but when it first launched, uh, the For You tab on Google Maps was only available on Android and only available in a few countries. It's now rolling out to 130 more countries, and it's coming to the iPhone. So for those of you iPhone users like me that don't really know what this is um, because you didn't have it before, it's basically just personalized recommendations based on businesses that you follow on Google, which I'm smiling at Greg because he loves that. <laughs> Quick question. <laughs> yeah. How many businesses do you follow? Personally? Yes. Zero. Okay. So I don't know what kind of recommendations I'm going to get. Guess how many businesses I follow? I should have asked. How many? Zero. Oh, well, <laughs> I guess we're old people. You know why? Why? Because I'm looking to get somewhere with some directions and some maps. Mm, That's fair why. enough. Fair enough. I guess, yeah. Well, if you're not, if you're interested in following businesses and you have an iPhone, you can get recommendations based on those those businesses that you follow. Yay. Yeah, or you yes. could go right to Twitter or Facebook and follow them there as well. Yeah. Or you could look, look <laughs> at reviews as long as they're at least three months fresh and everything's yeah. going to be fine. This isn't news, but there's also an interesting piece and, and we'll throw it in the show notes about the posts on Google My Business dropping in the traffic referrals. And it wasn't complete, but it seems like there's a, a lot of, of cl- mentions out there that, that the traffic referrals are dropping as well. So maybe Definitely just following and consuming and staying on Google Maps there. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Next up from Google and Barry Schwartz over at Search Engine Roundtable, moving hosting companies doesn't cause ranking declines. Back in the day, that was something people talked about a lot, that maybe somebody had transferred or bought a site and that was a signal. It's not. Um, According to John Mueller, he had stated moving hosting results in a temporary slowdown in crawling, but that catches up quickly and doesn't affect rankings. Counterpoint, what if you move your hosting to some 28.8 slow clunky modem that's super slow? then it's going to affect your ranking declines. That's a good point. People should pay attention to that, but who's going to do that to themselves? Exactly. The the moral of the story is don't be like, I'm not going to stay with this terrible host because I don't want to see a drop in rankings. It's not going to happen. Right. I mean, that just kind of seemed like common sense to me. I mean, if you put a sweater in a drawer instead of your closet, it's still a sweater, right? Same thing with websites. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. And if you're moving your sweater from a closet to a drawer and you consider that a life moment or a life event, if you will, Facebook has a new way, several new ways for you to share that. They're improving the life event functionality, if you will, on their platform. So you have more photo options, different ways to engage with and connect life moments. Real examples of life moments are like engagements and you know moving to a new city, things like that. Um, 
Did you look at? Did you happen to look at this article? Our favorite celebrity is in it. I watched the video. Oh wow! Yes, I, I was the guy. Well, I didn't watch the video, but in one of the photos, and maybe he's also in the video. There, there's a gentle gentleman that looks like Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, I, I love <laughs> Prince. Not that he's yes. actually our favorite celebrity, but we have talked about him FPJ? before on the show. FPJ. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't have to reread this article. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes for okay. sure. But all kidding aside, I mean, it's nice to see that Facebook's remembering what Facebook is about, right? Which is connecting with people and, and being able to interact on real social moments. So I think this is nice. You know what? I think you've spurred me to have another life event tonight. <laughs> I'm going to put a life event, watch Summer Catch yet oh. again. <laughs> Coming yet again. soon to my Facebook feed near you. <laughs> Happy anniversary, Summer Catch release. Maybe. Next up this week, another one from Ginny Marvin over at Search Engine Land. Exact match? Our contest rename it for Google is sealed with an ish. And we talked about this about three weeks ago. And we're trying to, over at Search Engine Land, rename exact match to something better that is more descriptive. Because exact matches, we all know, no longer exactly <laughs> matches the term. There's close variance. It can be switched. Um, the order of, of terms. So it's not exact. So it needs to have a better name. And sure. the community has spoken. And the name is Exactish. Obviously, this is not an official <laughs> Google name, but it is the winner of the poll. Right behind it was one that I voted for, Intent Match. Mm -hmm. I think I, I also like Custom Match. I thought that was cool, but that didn't make it. Neither did my stupid match, if you recall. <laughs> that was one of mine. I wish they had put in there, though, how many people voted for that. You can't be the only person that put in stupid match. I think I probably was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, again, the top three were exact-ish exact match, intent match, and close match. And not to be unsung, exacty McExact face and matchy McMatch face were also in the running, which, of course, is... A, a Call back to Bodie McBoatface if anyone remembers that. Oh, I've never heard that before. You've never heard of Bodie McBoatface? Oh, no, I have. Oh, okay. And every every poll is now <laughs> ruined by that boat. <laughs> and the poor boat didn't even get to be named that in the end, right? I feel. I hope not. <sighs> All right. Sad. And my favorite from there was uh, what Matt Van Wagner had said. He said, Gimme Match. And Gimme is an acronym for Google, is making more on exact. Gimme Match. Gimme money. I love it. Next up, Instagram launches walkie-talkie voice messaging. And it's not really like a walkie-talkie at all, <laughs> in my opinion. It's just an easy way to record your voice and send messages via um, the messenger on Instagram. The article also mentioned that it would be easier for drivers to use this and a great way for people oh to talk. My. Yeah. So not only are they encouraging people to use their phones while driving, which I think in most states is illegal. You're supposed to be hands-free. But also, it is not easy to use. It is super clunky. I tried it last night. I was playing with it. There's no way I could do it while I was driving. I couldn't even do it while I was laying in bed. I tried it three times and every single time <laughs> the end of the message was cut off. It was it was fun to play with, but it's stupid. <laughs> so, okay. So you're using this. What were your messages you were putting out? There? Well... <laughs> I have had the 12 days of Christmas stuck in my head for about 24 hours now. So I was <laughs> trying to send messages to my husband singing the five golden rings and like the Miss Piggy voice. And then in like a heavy metal voice. And how and did I, that go? Let's terribly. Hear, let's hear a little, let's hear a little, hear cut, it? a little cut of this song. If anybody listens or watches F is for family, I sound like the little boy in it, but I, I try. Okay. I'm going to try here. <clears throat> five gold rings. 
perfect. It's supposed to be like Miss Piggy. You know how she like shrieks and does it? It's a whole thing. I don't know. It was embarrassing. Up on my Miss Piggy voices lately, but I I I think it was fantastic. Thank you. Might have just been a little bit pitchy, pitchy there, dog. A little pitchy. Oh, so you wouldn't turn your chair around for me, is what you're saying? I think they're different shows, but absolutely. All right, and next up this week, the official AMP plugin for WordPress has been released in version 1.0, a stable release of the official AMP plugin for WordPress. And this plugin seamlessly integrates WordPress with AMP in the workflows of either classic editing or the new Gutenberg-based editing, and it allows WordPress sites to be built entirely with AMP. And without a duplicate AMP version of a page in a paired mode. So check that out if you are big on AMP. If you're amped about it, amped up, amplify, ample. There's all the AMP. Things. AMP. <laughs> all right. You can now say good day and cheerio to your Google Assistant. They are bringing additional accents to America, to the U.S. It's not just boring American English anymore. You can ask for an Australian or British Google Assistant. And my favorite thing about this was the names of the Google Assistant. You can either choose Sydney Harbor Blue or uh, for Australia, obviously, or British Racing Green. That's so... So unnecessary. Uh, yeah. Well, do you know what the U.S. version is called? What the American English version? No, I don't. Me either. I looked really hard. I spent probably 15 minutes trying to find <laughs> it. And I found nothing. So I made my own up. And I challenge our listeners to come up with their own name and beat me at this. but Or find the answer. Um, Grain Waves Amber. Grain Waves Amber. Mm-hmm. Nice. Like Amber Waves of Grain. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, you yeah, get it? I, I got it. <laughs> yeah. You. All right. I, I will go with... A red, white, and blue robot for you. Ooh, that's cute. All right. I yeah. like that. Okay. All right. The one thing I liked about this article, because <laughs> I like the subtleties, as we all know, with the this rolling out to British folks and then Australian folks, there were some examples of what you could do. For the British folks, you could say, hey, Google, what is the exchange rate from British pound to US dollar? Or you could say, where can I get fish and chips nearby? If you're from Australia, the example was, hey, <laughs> What's the capital of Australia? <laughs> and it's like, you should know that, A. You're in Australia. I feel like they're, I feel like they need to make a statement. Take that back. Yeah. Also, Come. like, they had all these great British stereotypes. Well, not great British stereotypes, <laughs> but they had nothing for Australia. They couldn't bring up, like, koalas or kangaroos. I mean, that's so easy. I don't know. Rude. Just, hey, <laughs> you probably don't, you're Australian. You probably don't know the capital, so we can help. <laughs> All right, and that brings us to this week's WTH, where we look at an article that makes us say WTH. And this week's article is from the Pew Research Center, Pew Pew. (laughs) And the article is called Social Media Outpaces Print Newspapers in the U.S. as a News Source. I didn't know people still get newspapers. (laughs) I just didn't. And that's the WTH that not only... Do people still get print newspapers? This is the first year, 2018, where social has outpaced print newspapers. Not to be morbid, but do you think it has anything to do with those print users slowly dying off? Dying yeah. or losing the, their vision? Yeah. yeah, I like that better. That's yeah, way that nicer. <laughs> they can't see anymore. Yeah, it's, it's the number of readers with uh, uh, cataracts has, has oh, gone up. I don't know. So sad. <laughs> 
I don't know. It, it, that in itself, yes, is very shocking. But also, this is a direct quote from the article. No more than half of those people ages 18 to 29 and 30 to 49 get news often from any one news platform. So people were out there reading reviews for local businesses every single day. And we don't have... <laughs> Are we just not reading the news? Maybe, but it just seems like we go everywhere for news, which I don't really believe. People have to have a go-to news source. So either people are lying or we're just not reading the news, people in those age groups. And while we put this on the WTH, it really is pretty fascinating just looking at mm-hmm. some of the demographics and that sliding where yeah. the the age group of 65 plus, thankfully I didn't make this age group, <laughs> has 81% of people use the TV news sources. Well, they and, can't see, so they're listening. <laughs> well, no, because that would be radio. But you can see the slide of TV down, a slide of newspaper down, and kind of the emergence here of not only news websites, but social media. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. All right. And that brings us to this week's must read marketing article of the week, an article so in depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety here on the show. And this week's article comes from Glenn Gabe over at G Squared Interactive. And the title of the article is How to Find the True Size of Your Site Using Google Search Console's Index Coverage Reporting and Why It's Important for SEO. And this is a very nicely done article showing what you can use Google Search Console for to find the true size of your site. And then it goes through a bunch of different reportings and pulls out details on how you can actually leverage these reports. So you can take a look at your indexed and valid, excluded parameters, excessive redirects, mail-formed URLs, soft 404s. It's just a great look at Search Console, and it takes it gives you some tangible takeaways and things you might not have thought about before. So great job, Glenn. We really appreciate it. Rock on. And that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch all the content from today's show on marketingoclock.com or in the descriptions below. And please make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. Welcome to this week's episode of Shooting the Hack, where we don't talk anything marketing, we just shoot the hack. This week, we've brought everybody's favorite segment back, Poke Holes in This, where I come up with ideas that are usually fairly dumb. And Jess tries to poke holes in this. And first off, this week, this is a user-submitted one from my wife. Oh. So I'm just doing my marital due diligence by (laughs) presenting this here. And I can't really back this up. But her idea is clear coffee. Coffee that's not brown. It's clear. Maybe like a clear Coke. So if they can do it with Coke, Mm. maybe they can do it with coffee. And then when you spill on it because your dog is shaking right next to you, (laughs) you don't Stain your clothes. Clear coffee. Poke holes in that. I will not poke holes in that. I love it. I spill my coffee all the time. And also, I feel like it would not stain your teeth either. But the only the only hole that I would possibly have is, I'm sure, to get the color out of it, there's some sort of chemical process, and maybe it's not healthy for us, but I don't have those details, so no hole. Okay. Great. <laughs>
next one. You may have to poke an actual hole in this mm. because we have those like single serve wine. Yeah. Where it either comes in the glass or you've got those little bottles. What if we made it easier on everybody and we just made juice box wine? <laughs> then it's easier to transport. It's not as heavy. Mm. It could be recycled. Juice box wine. Poke holes in this. My jaw just dropped because that sounds amazing. I feel like you that would be... I'm like anti-poking holes. I'm like thinking of all the benefits. But okay, so here's a, a possible hole and it, it really... I don't think would hold up if we talked it out, but that makes it more kid-friendly or looks like something that the youth would reach for in a fridge. But I guess so does any old beer can compared to a pop can. So, Okay, great. Next up, this is just something I think about the weirdest stuff, but a one-way mirror detector. Or two-way <laughs> mirror detector? I don't know if it's one-way or two-way. I don't think anybody can know how that... How, how are you supposed to know what that's called? It's a... Well, the, well, it either works two ways. One is a window and one is a mirror, or it's just a one-way mirror. The one where people can see through. I know what you mean. But yeah. I want a detector. There's some way you're supposed to be able to like, put your thumbnail up and see if there's a space. I just want to make a detector. You shine, You do something, and it's like, that's, a, that's people are looking at you. Do you think that that is – can you just <clears throat> shine a flashlight through? I don't know. I think we should just assume that every mirror in the world is a one- or two-way mirror and that someone is always looking at you. I feel like – I don't know how you would make a detector, but okay. the world needs justice. We need to know. <laughs> Did you ever play the game Tamagotchi? The little guys, like the alien yes. computer thingies? Of course. Okay. I didn't think it was a game. So as a parent, I'm always thinking about like how unprepared everybody is. But we have all these other stupid games and people are doing all these things. So I'm presenting you with the human Tamagotchi. Well, you don't have to keep some little monster alive, some little digital monster. It's like a baby. And you're like, oh, you got to like wipe this baby's butt or something like that. And then you can like experience it ahead of time and like see what it really is about. Human Tamagotchi. So, but they had a nano baby. They did. But it was like Tamagotchi style. It was still on like your little key fob or whatever. You want like a, like a life-size doll that poops that you have to wipe? No, I want a digital human baby. <laughs> Yeah, nano babies, right? I, I, had, I guess it's already been created. <laughs> so the hole has been thoroughly poked. Holes are poked. poked, shots fired, yes. Okay, okay. I've, got, I've got another one then that I think is, is, is just way out there. And I don't really know where I'm going with it. I just kind of thought about it, and we're, we're going to go with it. A pocket parachute. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. A parachute that you can put in a purse because you never know when you're going to need a parachute. <laughs> so let's say you're in some building somewhere it's like a purse-sized parachute so if whatever something goes down you've got a way out i worry though that like first of all there's probably a million things that we should all carry around and i don't know that parachute is the top on my list but what if it like misfires and goes off and you get blown off a bridge or something <laughs> i love it just blown right off of a bridge all right. i don't know <laughs> All right, yeah. I mean, it could happen with anything. An umbrella could get, could get you, too. You better be careful. <laughs> Those umbrellas are going to get you, folks. All right, and that does it for this week's Shooting the Hack. Goodbye.